Going back is Ward. Ward leaping up, and that one is gone. A home run. Back-to-back homers for the Oakland Athletics. And Aguilar with his third of the season makes it 2-0 Oakland. Aguilar sends this one to center. Trout at the track. Trout at the wall. And it is gone. The second of the night for Aguilar. Field and Company NFL Insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Jesus Aguilar with a couple of home runs. Let's bring in Miles Simmons, our football insider. It's all about the A's now, Miles. I, you know what? I, I would rather talk about that than the draft. So <laughs> I know. I, uh, I believe me on our on our topic list. I have the uh, the draft down very very low. I did want to get your take though on the A's and uh, what they're trying for, which I think is really interesting. First of all, on asking for five hundred million dollars and the uh, establishment of a special tax district which you know from covering the nfl these stadium deals are always very interesting in the the way they try to kind of word salad the public money yeah they do and you know what's interesting is new york just approved uh the new bills stadium so there's obviously a lot of big tax money going to that um and then actually tonight in nashville and this might be going on as we speak there's a council meeting um to either approve or to not approve uh a, I think it's $1.2 billion worth of public money where with, between the tax breaks and everything um, for a new Titan stadium. And, you know, I mean, as somebody who covers the NFL and um, goes to Super Bowls to cover them, I would love to see Nashville <laughs> have a stadium because I think that it would be really awesome to have a Super Bowl in Nashville. But yeah, at the same time, you're like, my gosh, like should taxpayers really be on the hook for something like this when we know how much of a behemoth the NFL is and how much money it makes? And so I, I say all that to say, like, when you're looking at the A's and what it is that they're doing, I mean, I was in Oakland when in 2019 the Raiders were getting ready to leave and the A's had their whole rooted in Oakland campaign and they were trying to build yep. the stadium down there allegedly, right? I mean, we, how much did they really try? I don't know, but, you know, it was right basically where I was living down in Jack London Square. And it's been a really long process for the A's to get to where they are. And it is very hard to get a stadium built in California with public money, which I know as a California resident and, you know, as a California taxpayer, not that upset about it. But within, when that goes to Nevada and you have to then approve all of this different public money for a team that, you know, like, yeah, you're going to bring in some revenue and it is going to bring in some tourism, but man, that's, it's still a lot of money to yeah. put on the hook for taxpayers. One, it's baseball and you know versus the NFL. The impact of NFL, we know, as you suggested, is just uh, I don't even know how it's to quantify huge. it. Fifty it's times, huge. and then uh, we needed a big stadium. We needed a sixty thousand seat stadium to host other things. What yeah. does a thirty five thousand seat baseball stadium offer in terms of concerts and other shows? I'm not sure that it offers a whole lot. One thing it does offer, though, is the Raiders when they pick this plot of land about sixty acres right there by Mandalay Bay. They really didn't own anything around it. And to this point, there hasn't been any, much construction around it. They haven't been able to acquire much land beyond building some parking garages. So Mark Davis already came out and said, hey, uh, I'm not partnering with the A's. I have no interest with this current ownership group. I will never forget 
what they did to us. But the crazy thing is, if and we were just talking about this last hour, if the A's get this done, they could build a restaurant and bar and shopping district uh, about a mile down the road from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, again, that would operate year-round, and if the Raiders can't get the property around their stadium, a lot of people would be hanging around the A's facility on Sundays before the football games. Yeah, and how after about, the how football about that? game. Yeah. Yes, and, and, after, and, and after the game, that's right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I was at the Chili Peppers concert at Allegiant, you know, a few weeks ago, and the nice place, to, the thing to do was to go back across the bridge and then you go to the casinos and you hang out for a little bit. So yeah. it would be nice to have something a little bit of a mile down the road or closer, if you're Mark Davis, I guess, to then have a little district where you don't have to cross, you know, 15 and you can just be there and you can do whatever you want and then it'll you know level out and you can actually get an uber because my god guys i mean if you ever try to get an uber from a freaking stadium it is the absolute worst thing in the world i hate it so much i will so, uh, i will huh. be out there with one of those uh, little petty bikes um oh, that will yeah. be that will be my extra income during football Ooh, season i'll be yeah. i'll be going up that slight hill on dean martin driving mm -hmm. people over to the age facility yeah I'm sure, exactly. Davis, I'm sure mark davis will want to tackle me off there if not him, someone else. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of the interplay between these two organizations. As I said, Mark Davis has already come out and said, hey, as long as this guy owns the team, I have no interest in partnering with him. So, uh, which also, you know, leads to a discussion we've had an awful lot. There are going to be forces who push against the A's, and I wonder how much behind the scenes the Raiders will push certain legislators in Las Vegas and in Nevada, some of their friends who got their deal done to say, you know what? I don't want the A's here. How about that? I, I don't know if they would really do that. I mean, it's... It's a different thing, you know, and I don't, I, I understand that Mark Davis doesn't want to partner with the A's and I know he shouldn't. And I remember there were some pretty explosive quotes even before um, the Raiders left Oakland that he had about that organization and, and all that. And that's certainly fair and well and good. But I do think that when you're talking about a baseball team, that is 81 home games. And despite the fact that the A's draw, you know, less than 10,000 people per game right now, I still think if you draw in 15,000 people per game to that kind of stadium down there, and it would be, you know, 2025, 20, 30, at least for the first year or two or so, but it would level off and probably be around 15, I would have to think. Um, that's still something that is an economic benefit in theory. So, I, if I'm Nevada politicians, that's at least what I would weigh in my mind. Uh, winner, loser, Packer, Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Was there a winner and a loser in the deal? Which team got fleeced? Um, I don't know if any team got fleeced yet. I mean, I, I think that the Jets made a move out of desperation. And it's interesting when you hear Joe Douglas talk today and he's saying, oh, man, this is going to be so great for Zach Wilson and all that. It's like, dude, you, you literally drafted him two years ago. And he already stinks up the room so bad that you have to go out and get an Aaron Rodgers that looked like he was on the decline a little bit last year. And now, of course, the last time we said Aaron Rodgers was on the decline, all he did was go out and win two MVPs. But I'll tell you, Steve, I'm not impressed with Nathaniel Hackett. And I know that the he and Alan Lazard have said some really great things about Nathaniel Hackett. But the last time we saw Nathaniel Hackett call plays, he was an absolute abject disaster. Matt LaFleur has been calling the plays for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers in the last few years. So the way I see it is I'm interested in what Matt LaFleur can do when a post Aaron Rodgers kind of world, because I know that man can coach football and I'm curious to see how he develops Jordan Love. 
And now if you're the Jets, I don't see them as the favorite in that division. Frankly, I, I think it's the Miami Dolphins. And then you get to the Ooh. Buffalo Bills and then you get to the New York Jets. But and that's a, it's a tough schedule that they've got, too, because they have um, gosh, and I can't remember exactly what divisions they have. But I think they have the AFC West and they've got another really tough NFC division, too. So it's not going to be sunshine and roses, I think, for Aaron Rodgers, especially if they get off to a slow start. Speaking with Miles Simmons, Pro Football Focus, and speaking of... Uh, what's that now? Wait a second. Pro Wait a second. Wait, Pro Football Talk. Wait Pro a second. Uh -oh. My bad. Uh oh My bad. we got trouble now. I apologize. Uh, Miles is gone. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> Peacock. I, I thought it was... NBC. I thought... You know what? I was so confused because for a second there, I thought it was Major League Talk because you were ready to jump on the A's bandwagon. My bad. Uh, speaking <laughs> okay. of favorites in the division... Ooh. Mm -hmm. uh, AFC East quarterbacks. I here's my ranking for the quarterbacks now in this division. Okay. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Let's do it. Number two, J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Tua. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Mac Jones. Who? Hello, hello. Yeah, Mac. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Steve, for picking up what I put down there. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't hate that ranking. Um, I would go with. Josh Allen at the top and then Aaron Rodgers and then Tua and then Mac Jones. And I, I like what Tua does, but I can't rely on him to play a full season and to be healthy. And so here's why I think the Dolphins are going to win that division. I think Tua Tungavailoa may or may not play after week four, you know, and then we're going to see Mike White come in and save the day. And he is going to look really, really good playing within himself in that offense and throwing to guys like Jalen Waddle, like Tyreek Hill. Because, you know, I mean, everybody has done the, oh, my gosh, Mike White is this, Mike White is that. But, like, who is he really throwing to in the last couple of years with the New York Jets? Now, I, I like Garrett Wilson. He's an ascending player, but he's not Tyreek Hill, you know. And Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill already know that offense back and forth. And Mike White already knows that offense back and forth. I So I like that aspect of it. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, I just, it's, I, he, maybe it's to me, it's just, I can't get the fact that it's the Jets out of my head and it's Nathaniel Hackett. And, <laughs> well, and like, I know he's got Lazard and I know he's got all that, but also is Aaron Rodgers going to be all in in this offseason? And I hate to do the thing where it's like, the the guy's got to be there for the voluntary offseason program, even though it's voluntary. And I don't like being that guy, but I think when you see the effect that it has on players when Patrick Mahomes does it, it really makes a difference. Tom Brady, look, look what he did in 2020 when it's COVID and he's doing things that are ostensibly illegal in gathering people um, in high school football fields to try and grab chemistry. And even then, it didn't really turn on for the Buccaneers until like halfway through the season. So I just, Rodgers has got to make sure that he is all in on every single aspect of this if the Jets are really going to be a Super Bowl contender. Right, well... And and I'm not going off of obviously I, I get what you're saying like you know as far as because you, you have to look at the big picture buying in with the Jets and Hackett so on and so forth it's more or less the guy himself and I looked at if you're looking at two for me between Tua and Allen I looked at the numbers last year and even though Tua played 13 games and Josh played 16 games Tua was better with yards per attempt net yards per attempt adjusted net yards per attempt, yards per game. He was number one with quarterback rating, completion percentage, touchdown percentage. Allen did have a higher number in one category, and that was his interception rate. And you mentioned the injury oh. factor with as reckless as Allen plays 
we've talked about this during after the off after the end of the season in terms of some reports that have come out of Buffalo that not they're not necessarily comfortable with how reckless Allen plays. So this dude may not be good for the full season now that they know how to play him. You know what's interesting, Willie, <laughs> and I don't know why this just came to mind. I guess it was because I watched the game last night. But like Josh Allen is sort of like John ja Morant. Where it's kind of like, good lord, dude, don't do that, you know? And John Morant's like jumping on LeBron last night. He's like, don't, no! Like, have a little more discernment in what it is that you're doing. The thing that I don't like about Josh Allen, and I, I love Josh Allen's game, I do, but he has too many turnovers, sort of as you were just referencing. And it's not just the interceptions, it's the fumbles. The yeah. fumbles, I thought, were a real big problem, and they showed up in the postseason again. And so, you know, when I'm saying this during the season, I get Bills fans after PFT Live are like, you're such a hater, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, like, look at the interceptions that Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow have. And it's like, I'm not just talking about interceptions when it's turnovers or turnover-worthy plays. The fumbles are a real issue with Josh Allen, and they increased significantly without Brian Dayball there as his offensive coordinator, just as you saw the interceptions went way down with Daniel Jones with Dayball in his first year there as the head coach of the Giants. So I don't know what it is that they've really got to do with the Buffalo Bills, but I, look, man, you've got Sean McDermott taking over defensive play calling, so he's going to be less of a head coach and more of a defensive coordinator. you got Ken Dorsey in his second year as the offensive coordinator. They don't really have that great of a second receiving option other than Stephon Diggs. Is this the year that the Bills start to take a downturn? I don't know, man. I, I think we got to watch out for that. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, is with us here on ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. One last thing on Rodgers, the division he leaves. I saw some funny videos and memes out there of Bears fans kind of crying and you know with happiness of joy uh, that he's finally out of the division. NFC North quarterback rankings. Let's uh, take the oh Vikings God. rumors of Levis out of the mix. Uh, number one, Kirk Cousins. Number two, Jared Goff. Number three, Justin Fields. Number four, Jordan Love. Am I wrong there? And is there a possibility Jordan Love could have a better year than any of those three guys? Uh, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, Jared Goff played better than Kirk Cousins down the stretch last year. Jared Goff um, with uh, offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, they, they, that's been a revelation for yeah. Detroit. I mean, it, they, they've been great. They had a top five offense last year, and there's reason to believe, even with the Jamison Williams suspension, that they should once again be in the top five. And frankly, I mean, if Ben Johnson wanted to be, I, I think he should be a head coach, um, just based on the work he was doing with Jared Goff. Uh, so yeah, one of those two or, or one and two, I mean, I guess just based up by default, you got to say Justin Fields is third and, and, uh, love is fourth, but you know, they have some good young weapons there, um, with green Bay, you know, in Watson yeah. and in Dobbs. So I, and like I said, I think that Matt LaFleur has the ability to develop a guy in Jordan love. So it may not be. You know, he might not be a pro bowler, let's say, this year, although Tyler Huntley was last year, so God knows, I guess it could be. Um, but I, I think that Love is going to be on at least a path toward development with a guy like Matt LaFleur. Miles Simmons with us. Last thing, I do have to get to the NFL draft. I know it's not one of your favorites. Go to profootballtalk.com. Uh, pro There's lots of draft talk up there. Everyone else <laughs> likes the draft. You guys put we can out talk your mock about the draft next week. It'll be fine. You, you put out your mock draft as a site. And I wanted to ask you, before I even look at it, what's more likely? Five quarterbacks go in the top 20 or only three go in the first round? I would say only three go in the first round. Really? Um, 
Because I'm, yeah. I'm with you on the – I love how much we – I don't. We hype up the quarterbacks. So there's going to be seven that go in the first round, and then we sit there and we're like, oh, my – I don't sit there because I knew right. I know what's going to happen. But TV is built for, oh, they're sitting in the green room. We can't believe these quarterbacks are going out of the first round. You created this narrative, TV. Right. You did. Yeah. Yes, they've created the monster. Um, so I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not sure exactly who is going to be in the green room um, in Kansas City when it comes to those quarterbacks. And frankly, I also have not seen the mock draft that Mike Florio put together and has apparently put on the website already. So that's another thing. But I, I think that a lot of times the media hypes up the quarterbacks more than the NFL teams believe in the quarterbacks. And this is not one of those years where it's, Far and away, easy to say, oh my gosh, you know, these guys are going to be good pros, right? This is not the 2020 draft class where we now have seen uh, Jalen Hurts get a new contract before year four. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are on track for it. And Tua Tungavailoa had his fifth-year option get picked up. I mean, this is a, a quarterback class where you really might not see any one of these guys get a second contract with their current team because that's just the way this thing might work. So... I mean, yeah, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud seem like surefire first rounders. Will Levis probably a first rounder? I mean, if you believe Reddit, he's going to be the number one overall pick. I don't. Uh, and then you also have Hendon Hooker, who could be, I mean, Peter King, in his mock draft, put him at number 12 to the Houston Texans. I don't buy that. I don't believe it. I think all of this Tyree Wilson stuff is a smokescreen because I just can't see Houston trying to trot out Case Keenum and being like, yeah, we're fine for the first however many games of the season. Um, and then, yeah, with Anthony Richardson, I don't want to make this comparison because I think it's probably a little bit unfair to Richardson, but it's like Malik Willis last year a little bit, right? Where it was all, oh my gosh, Malik Willis is all these traits. Where is he going to go? Where is he going to go? Where is he going to go? And then he falls all the way to the third round. I get a little bit of that vibe with Anthony Richardson. So because it's just, you know, you don't have the experience, doesn't have the stats, and he's wildly inconsistent, and that's just the way it is. So he may have all the physical traits, but we'll see if he actually does end up going in that first round. If he does, he might be kind of low. Do you want me to tell you what you guys have in the first round, or should I leave the suspense to you and leave it to our audience to go up to the site? Oh, please, leave it to the audience to go to the website. Check that thing out at profootballtalk.com, baby. I love it. Miles, you are the man. We appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk to you. All Thanks, right. Miles. Okay, we'll see you. All right. Is Miles gone officially? Is he still there? Can he hear us? Do I spoil it? No. Do I no, uh, because I, just, I, I, I hold. Okay. Don't spoil it. Make people go because let me tell you something. When you read it's, this lineup, it's, completely it's wild. Wild. Completely ridiculous. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, a couple quick updates. Steve Cofield, Willie Ramirez, ESPN Las Vegas. Islanders and Carolina. It's 2-0 Isles. 13 minutes left in the second, but we just had one of those crazy bloody incidents like you see in the NHL. Who got hit in the face and was just spitting blood everywhere? Carolina star Sebastian Ajo takes a shot as it's coming down. Brock Nelson and I think Antti Ranta, Carolina's goaltender, was looking might have been distracted and looking at his player who just get their star gets smacked with this blast from the top. So he got hit in the face with a puck. Gets hit Un in underneath the mouth. like a half shield. Yeah, underneath the just half hit shield, the right, spot. right in the grill. Brock Nelson for the Islanders punches it in. Now it's two nothing. What a nightmare. Wow. And it was right in front, right to the left of Ranta. 
So it's shocking because there's your star. He gets right. he gets plugged in the grill, and he was literally he probably was why. I mean, you you know you got to watch the puck, sure, but that's a little scary with, with how he was hit because yeah. he immediately just turned and went down, and blood's coming out. Yeah. And Brock Nelson punches it past him. I saw it live. So while it was live, they yes. had to keep the camera on him. So he like he literally was. It was just blood spewing everywhere. And then they showed like seven replays. And I'm like, are they going to show it again? Yeah. And they showed it one time, and then oh, the blood part. Yeah, that was. And he it. went right down. Yeah. The, yeah, you were pretty animated. You I was were like, look, 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 look at that. He yeah. just busted open, and he went right down the tunnel, pouring blood out of his face. Well, until he takes a blade across, grill, like right. just sawed across his face and gets 75 stitches and comes back, I expect Ahoda to be back out there. Right. That was crazy with yeah. the uh, the Jets yeah. and VGK. Uh, basketball, one game underway. Boston is leading, trying to close the series out up 3-1, up by 11, two minutes left in the half against the Hawks. Hmm. The Hawks. The... We don't have to stick on this for very long because there's a million of these mock drafts coming out. And this kind of backs up exactly what I say before. Every year of the draft, I don't – I'm not going to say that people who write these mock drafts don't know the players. I think they're titillated by the fact that if they put the quarterback stuff up, you know, four or five quarterbacks getting drafted in the first round, they're going to get a lot of hits and a lot of discussion and get ripped on. Uh, PFT has – Five quarterbacks going in the top 11. So if he didn't get the check, or after we teased it with Miles, five quarterbacks going before or uh, in the top 11. Hendon Hooker is the fifth quarterback taking, taken at 11. Come on. And CJ Stroud is not the second one. Uh, he's what? The fourth, right? Fourth. He goes eighth. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, from a selfish standpoint, if I believe this could actually happen, this is not good for Sam Paniotovich, who was on with us last two weeks. At 4.44 on Tuesday, he's talking about all the money he's got loaded up on Tyree Wilson being a high pick. Uh, Tyree Wilson is actually one of the guys who slips because of all the quarterbacks. He goes in the PFT mock draft 15th to the Jets. So the Jets actually swap first-round picks with the Patriots. Check that with the Packers, and they get Tyree Smith. And reports out of Carolina, Ajo is back on the bench after some repairs. There you go. <laughs> uh, Raiders in this mock draft would get one of their cornerbacks, uh, one of the guys they're very interested in. Lions take Devin Weatherspoon right before Raiders get Christian Gonzalez. So yep. that's okay. That's one of the ones that I have in my five if, uh, wish list. If I am a Raiders fan and I'm not, I want this draft to be really boring and really straightforward. Just get your needs. All right. Let's not play around with a quarterback. By the way, by this mock draft, this would mean that the Raiders, who were rumored to only have interest in two of the quarterbacks at the top of this draft, Young and Stroud, the Raiders would have to restrain themselves with Stroud on the board from taking the Ohio State quarterback. And we just spoke with our guy out of Atlanta. Yeah, the Falcons. Chris, and it's the Falcons taking C.J. Stroud. At eight, yep. Boring. Boring. Unless you're at the very top of the draft, you want boring from your football team. Like I say, the pillars of any good organization. Offensive tackles, defensive line, corners. That's it. Uh, stick That's to it. Your, in the first round. Stick to your needs right now. Your right now yeah. needs. Because well, you're you're going to have – if you're a bad football team in the top ten, you're certainly going to have a need at that – at one of those positions I just mentioned. You, right. You That's could use saying. a tackle, you know, either right or left. You know, if you pick a right, you got a left. 
He's eventually going to be the left. You take a cornerback. Cover corners cost a lot of money, so uh, maybe you can't afford you know, two high-priced ones, so you always have someone in reserve, and uh, everyone can use defensive linemen, defensive tackles, and defensive ends. And with the win-now mentality and the way that this team was built last year, the, the, the need for the Raiders is exactly what you just said in those areas, period. So we got WNBA season coming up at the end of May. I know uh, they've got a special thing going on later in the week. The Aces do for the media to kind of intro their new practice facility uh, down by the Raiders facility. It's right there. So that's coming up this week. So Aces news starting to come into the fold. The vast sound crew is always scanning all the, all the, everywhere they can, right? Websites, uh, chat, chat rooms, message boards, TikTok, I, whatever, right? And I thought this one was good as the Breakfast Club, Big FM Morning Show in New York, mm. had on Angel Reese and one of her teammates. Okay. And you'll hear right at the beginning here the question of Angel Reese. If you know who she is, she's the LSU star basketball player, had the whole thing with Caitlin Clark, which really wasn't a thing. It was just uh, basketball players talking a little trash to each other. Not a big deal. But we've talked about these women. You know, There might only be 10 of them in – College basketball, but in all likelihood, those are the 10 who would be, you know, in the WNBA in the next couple of years. They're making pretty good bank and they're treated pretty nicely on the collegiate level. And we know in the WNBA, the fight is still on to have charter flights for all of the games. The salary is, you know, pretty good by a normal person's standard, but it's not gigantic. They're forced, if they want to make big bucks, to go play internationally. Well, here was Angel Reese on the breakfast club as the uh, the lead here ask if the, both of these young ladies want to play in the WNBA someday. You guys want to play WNBA? I I mean, I want to play in the WNBA, but I know I have a career outside of it. You make it's more not, money in WNBA. I am. Players, I mean, I'm is, not in a rush, trust me. We yeah, already said we're not in a rush. We're chilling right now. Mm -hmm. I want to win as many championships as I can at LSU and do as most as much as I can at LSU. So, I'm chilling. But I think that should put like the WNBA on notice for real. For like, sure. Y'all got to start getting right. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because like we in we in college right now. We getting charter flights. Free food, all of this, right? Charter flights, we getting paid. We got NIL now. It's like, give me something to want to, you know what I'm saying? Want to like, go. Is life better for an LSU Tiger than it is for, well, I'm not going to say the Las Vegas Aces because I think they do pretty well here. Is it better than being a member of the Indiana Fever? Well, you're in, in comparing the defending world champs and last year's worst team in the WNBA, as far as being treated. Well, that's where you're going to go. No, but. The, right. Angel Reese comes out. She's going to go to one of the three worst teams, probably. Okay, but that doesn't. It, wins and losses doesn't equate to how you're treated. They're still treated fine. They cannot go above and beyond what the league allows. So as far as charter flights and how the aces are treated, they can't they Mark Davis can't give them special treatment that other teams cannot outside of this facility right. that they've been built. Mark Davis isn't allowed, but Kim Mulkey is. Yes, exactly. Don, Don Staley is. Right, no, but colleges so so basically it the comparison from the best team in the league to the worst is not fair. The comparison is the WNBA as a whole to college and right now the yes, that's 100% true. It's it's I you know, I spoke to a one of the players for the UCLA Bruins, and her name's escaping me right now, her first name, but Osborne. Um, she, but she even told me that she had several conversations with uh, Coach Corey Close last year, going into this year, whether or not she should have stayed or not. And 
because of the money that's potentially can be made with college basketball right now. Charisma Osborne's her name. I had to do a search. It was bugging me. But she had told me no. And that's been the conversation. Doug Feinberg from the Associated Press, that was a project that he was working on, was making the decision at the junior level, you know, when you get to your junior year and then senior. And now with the fifth year, you still, you know, there's still players affected by the COVID year where they can decide it's worth it for them to stay when it comes to meals, when it comes to NIL, when it comes to flying, as as the lady said. Um, so, yeah, it's because you're running the risk of, number one, not making the roster. Then what? You got to go overseas. You can play Athletes Unlimited, but that's five weeks. That's it. So to supplement your income, you're having to go overseas. So for the top players, could Angel Reese – she just said, I have a lot of interest outside of basketball. Could she – could her and Caitlin Clark just go, you know, yeah, I can make a lot of money playing in China or somewhere in Europe or, you know, Russia is uh, safe again, or maybe it's not, you know, it's only not safe for Brittany Griner. But if they could make a boatload of money there, they still get their basketball done and they still get to do their marketing. They're not in front of U.S. television cameras, but they'd be the sort of unicorn. Could they just tell the WNBA, not worth my time, buzz off? They could. The problem is, is I don't think the, the I don't think it's worth it for the polarizing players like Angel Reese, who was only a sophomore, so she's got to go back to college for a minute. But Caitlin Clark. So we talked about that right before, um, as far as whether it's worth it for her to come back for her senior season or whether to go to the WNBA. Okay, a player like that, she's going to step into six figure endorsement deals. So. I don't know if she needs to go overseas. It's the players that are drafted that haven't sort of established their personalities with NIL deals or, um, you know, they they don't have the star power maybe because they don't come from South Carolina, but their talent has been found and they make a roster. I'll give you a perfect example from Stanford, Lexi Hull. Okay. I don't know if she has endorsement deals. I don't, I don't know, but she's a fantastic basketball player. Okay, she played with her twin. She got a national championship. Lacey and Lexi Hull. Lexi had a play for the Fever first season, most the worst team in the league. She just played with Athletes Unlimited. She was the defensive player of the year for Athletes Unlimited. She realistically could parlay that into endorsements and become a spokesperson for I don't know who, maybe a home alarm system in the in the Atlanta or in the Indianapolis area, and because. You're getting it from the Athletes Unlimited Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know. Point is, endorsements for players like that, like the Caitlin Clarks, the Angel Reese's out there, the Haley Van List, they're going to get the money that they don't have to go overseas. They're going. It's it's almost like NIL. You're being a spokesperson, so that's where a lot of these ladies are getting their money that are playing in the WNBA. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to lvsportsnetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Podcast Boston with the boys. Getting into whatever this Bud Light thing has been oh. over the last couple of weeks. I've had I've had no trouble uh, getting my, my Bud Light, so I don't know what sort of boycott is happening. Uh, NHL, second period, six minutes left. Carolina on the board. What was the update on the player who got smacked in the face with a puck? He was back on the ice, or he was back on the bench. Okay. Back to the my backs of the screen here. But former Golden Knight, Paul Stastny, with the redirect, 
gets gold. Yep. Carolina on the board. Who was the injured player? Sebastian Ajo. Okay. So Ajo back out there, and Carolina's down 2-1, 5.45 left in the second. God! I was all set up last night for some comebacks. I will admit, late, just in case, I did bet against the Knights. I think I got uh, the peg plus 5.75 at some point, maybe like six minutes left. Uh, I also had the Avs for the comeback. They were down two nothing. I bet them, and then they couldn't close it out. They came all. They came back to two two. Couldn't close it out. Betting against my Kraken. I know. Jeez. I know. Freaking Grubauer. Nice saves. Gru was not fired up about that. I I am. I am. I I want the Kraken. You want the Kraken? I am. Yeah, I think it's a great well, story. You, you started out the show. You're already looking ahead to the next round. Like pump the brakes. Yeah. It's a three one series. It's not over yet. These games have been very close. That game last night was not easy. I don't even know what you're talking about. What do you mean I started? I was looking at what next round? That was just a topic I sent over. Which team would the Golden Knights want next? Okay. But we didn't talk about it. We didn't even. I know. I'm referencing it now. We're talking about it now. You're making a prediction. Uh, You're already looking ahead. It's 3-1. The series ain't over. Who would the Golden Knights want next? The Kings or the Oilers? Who's better? On paper. You guys all said the Oilers were the best team in the West going in. But that's who they want. Wait, what? Yeah. They want the better team? You know why? No. Tell me. The Kings are laying the blueprint as to, I mean, they're hanging with them. Oh, okay. And the Kings are have something to prove. The Kings are more of the rival. I, I think that the the, the Golden Knights, be, with their speed and their depth and their forward depth, they're better suited to play an up tempo game with the Edmonton Oilers than they are a heavy physical game against the LA Kings. You were also asking before the show, who's been the best player in this series for the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah. Howden had two goals last night. We were raving, or at least uh, maybe you more than me, although I'm very high on the play of Wild Bill. That's me. Has it been Eichel for all the little things he's done, and he has been productive? Mark Stone since game one. Is it Petra Angelo? Is it Bressois? Let me do that again. That got real high. Bressois? Uh, <laughs> Who is it? Who's been WNBC. the best player? NBC. The fact that we're having a debate that it could be six or seven players says a lot about the Golden Knights. It does. Um, uh, it's, I thought Shane Theodore looked it really dangerous. It started off night. with William Carlson. He, he was their best player. Even in the lackadaisical game, in game one, where they just couldn't, where the whole team looked terrible, Carlson was very active. He stayed active. Eichel is proving and showing us why they went and picked him up when they did. And he's, he's, he's certainly proving that he can step up in the playoffs. There's no, you're, you're not going to take a guy like Jack. I love the questions leading into Jack Eichel. How are you going to prepare? It's your first time in the playoffs. I'm going to prepare like I've always prepared in big games in junior. You know, I mean, if people can see your face right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just the look of this, that's the dumbest question ever. And you're waving your hands in the air. Eichel's yeah. not doing that. Right. I mean, you got to prepare like I always do. You're an idiot. <laughs> yes. That's there was, there, well, there, he did answer a question that I can't remember who asked it, but he, he was like, oh, I played in some pretty big games in my life. I think I'll be okay. Um, I like to play William Carlson. There you go. I mean, this is a guy who every offseason since his big inaugural season under Gallant when they went to the Stanley Cup and he had that ridiculous number of goals, was like, eh, he's the guy that can afford to let it go. 
let Carlson go. This is why he has it, because he makes things happen at both ends of the ice. We hear about that about Mark Stone, how he's he's always a Selkie Award candidate, you know, playing defense as an offensive guy, a forward. William Carlson makes things happen at both ends of the ice. He's great at takeaways. He's, he sees the ice well. Him and Riley Smith have been fantastic. Um, I, I just like the consistency. Eichel, here's the thing. The play that we're seeing from Jack Eichel is the play that we've expected from Jack Eichel. So he should be doing what he's doing. I don't think that anybody really expected when you have the names like Mark Stone, when you have the names like Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel and these guys, I don't think that anybody really expected to Carlson to stand out the way that he has doing the little things, the grungy work, getting in the corner, in the boards, mucking the, the puck, getting it out, feeding the guys and getting some key goals as well. So I like to play William Carlson. I think he's stepped up above and beyond what people expected of him, which makes him the most valuable guy. Brassois is a great point, though, on your part. He's played really well. Brassois? Yeah, he's played really well. Brassois? Uh, this show is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're here at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, housing the show. 766-1400 is a number for Matt Hoffman, Justin Watkins. 702 here, up north, 775. Offices in Reno and Vegas and Henderson. Speaking of mucking the puck, I think, uh, I don't know if Hardy's going to jump in on this, but a lot of frustration, a lot of scuffling. Willie trying some different things, uh, trying to muck the puck. We'll see how he's working out. <laughs> Keep it locked right here. Cofield and company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So this is a really weird show. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas. Because of the makeup of the show, I don't know if people have noticed it out there, but uh, we really don't have married folks in the list of company and myself. So we don't have a lot of like wifey and, and girlfriend talk. I mentioned the SO every once in a while. John will mention his wife, but there's not a lot of relationship talk on the show. And it kind of struck me about an hour ago, we had Chris Domino on. From Atlanta, he's a 25-year sports talk guy, and I brought up his daughter losing in – I didn't know she lost. Uh, so I didn't be like, hey, she lost. But he was I thought he was going to like start breaking down. I'm like, oh, man, we got kids to talk here. We don't talk about kids at all, except that we don't like oh, – you talk about your son. But anyway, like we don't have this group of you know 50-year-old – we should all be 30-year-old, frankly, at this point. I don't There's even no know, I, 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 I don't even know why we're here. But we don't do a lot of family stuff. You know, we, right. it's, it's, a, it's a weird, like kind of hard scrabble show, right? But – one thing we do have are guys who I, I don't know. You guys are single. I don't know what goes on in your life. You sent something over about a dating app. We've mentioned dating apps to Ari before, and he it's like, you know, the Incredible Hulk starts coming out of him. So what's what's going on with you two guys? Because, uh, like, Ari's already kind of set up this scenario on the show that dating in Vegas is horrible. This is a vast wasteland. It's misery. Well, I don't know about Ari, but for me, I, I – have been out of the game for a long time by choice. And the thing is, you know how it is, Steve, especially in Vegas, right? With everything that we do, we're so busy. A lot of times you meet you meet people in your area of work or out what you're doing. Well, it, with what we do these days, you cannot even pay a compliment without all of a sudden you're going to be on blast on social media. This guy complimented me. He did this. He did that. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, so, in the sports world, so you, you, you cannot. You, you shouldn't be blanking where you eat. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. But in general, but even still, like if you happen to be somewhere, I do a watch party, whatever you see somebody, you just can't. You're representing ESPN. You're representing AP. You can't. So I had made mention to, to a, to a, to a friend, a fellow media member who I'm not going to name. And then someone who calls me pops, who always says, pops, you got to get back out in the game. Got to meet somebody. They both suggested to create a hinge. And I said, what's a hinge? What is it? Dating app. No, no, no. I'm not getting on any date. I'm not doing that. I'm a public figure. Blah, blah. No, you don't understand. It's not like the Tinder and the, the booble or what is it? Bumble. That those, those are the, those are the just do, the booble. To do hookups overnight. You know, just you're out and you're out of town and you want to do it one time. Okay. Do the hint. So I said, you screen record what yours looks like. Send it to me and I want to see it. So right. I did it. Okay. I did it. A couple of things I'm disgusted with. So it sounds like my previous reference to mocking the puck hasn't happened. <laughs> no, I didn't it's mock anyone's gone, It's puck. not gone well. I didn't, okay. Yeah, did not get in anyone's net. So the <laughs> thing is, there is there there's a, you can do this dialogue and then pictures with captions. And part of the dialogue that I'm reading, like a many of the women, it's you know, uh, don't want anyone lazy, inactive, got to be six foot taller. Da da da. I was like, so I asked. The young lady, right? I said, hey. She was like, Pops, you can't put that on there. I was like, wait a minute. They can put specific heights and don't want anyone shorter than this. Don't want anyone unless they're active in the gym, blah, blah. But I can't put, okay, I don't want anyone uh, that weighs more than 140 pounds or more than 130, unless, unless you're a bodybuilder. Well, it's, isn't, aren't most of these sites kind of controlled by females because there's so many guys? I don't know. More guys will go it's on. It's my first time females, I've ever right? done it. I already deactivated. It's give, ridiculous. Give us a yes. Are you've been doing this for years with almost no success? <laughs> that is actually, <laughs> or at not least true. that's what you claim. So I'm not. I'm not. I have no idea how you do. Are are you hinging? No, I've never gone on Hinge before. That is actually, from what no. I understand, that's one of the better ones, Willie. I mean, for I guess a an authentic whatever you want to call it, because the other two that you mentioned, Tinder and Bumble, are more well. Bumble's more relationship too, by the way, and the women actually get to if you match with them. They get to, they're the first ones to respond. If they choose not to respond within 24 hours, you go bye bye, as Steve says. Like you just lose okay. the match and that's it. So, okay, whatever. Can I jump yep. in then? Yep. Okay. Um, one, I, I thought this was a really interesting piece of audio because this is kind of the way that I thought it was done. Uh, this is uh, some podcast with uh, Brennan Schaub's on there, and uh, I forget his comedian buddy's name there, Brian something. Um, and they're talking to a younger guy who just likes to go to bars. A bar alone sometimes. Just watch the game, get yeah. some food, add to the bartender or whoever's next to me. Jeff is the last American bro. We went to the Lakers game. I'm driving back. It's, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And Jeff goes, so what now? Go, <laughs> yeah. What do you mean, what now? He goes, you want to go to a bar or something by my house? I go, absolutely not. I was like, no, you'll be up at like five, dude. I'll just drop you off. And he goes, oh, don't drop me off at home. Can you drop me off at the bar? <laughs> my house is boring. Drop them off at a bar. <laughs> you want to get two beers? You Every night's girl. a great time. Oh, no, I was like, yeah, I love this. So the guy just likes, he likes going to bars. He's social. I know you're not a big drinker. Exactly. Willie, so that but, was one you know, of my things. But uh, I mean, I thought that's the way it was done. You know, if you're whatever you, if it, you're, if you're of uh, strong of faith, maybe you do it through your church. Um, I thought friends could introduce people, uh, you know, get them together. I don't, I don't know how things work today. I feel, I feel frustrated for you guys. I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to. I don't want to bang on you. I I'm I'm cool with it. I just I just was out of sheer curiosity because they said no hinge is different. It's you know it's just that. And then I had a couple who I they had broken English and 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 then another person, this girl Natalie. She was like, no pops, they're eventually going to ask you for money. 
Like, well, they, they got the wrong person there. All that's for I, mean, I do. I do think we should open this up eventually. I'm sorry, Ari. We're gonna we'll continue on this, but I do think I could open this up eventually to like maybe Adam Hill could. I wonder what Adam Hill does when people say, "Hey, do you know anyone nice?" I've got a, a nice lady that I know. Do you know anyone nice? Is the first thing he thinks of is like, you know what? We've got guys on our show who would be wonderful for you. Or does he shut it down right away? I wonder what he does. I wonder what he does. Because I know what I do. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, oh, we'll have to save that for another show. I have a story yeah, on that. We'll get to it tomorrow. No <laughs> Tinder, Booble, or Hinge for me. All right. So, yeah, have a great Tuesday night.